When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Eric Kane, BrentHubsVolquist.com, Tennessee falls in the College World Series, eliminated by LSU. Tennessee goes one and two in Omaha, defeated twice by the LSU Tigers to end the season. Eric, if LSU, there's no way LSU thought they would get through this game with two pitchers. This was a bullpen game to get through with two pitchers. And, and uh, for Tennessee, as Tony Vitello said in his postgame, they just didn't play their best in a night where they had to play their best. Is that the best way to sum up this game? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the margin for error is so thin. Um, I said that Saturday when Tennessee played LSU. Um, obviously, you're you're going up against Paul Skeens, but also Paul Skeens went out there tonight. But that lineup is still so dangerous. And so, you know, Drew Beam, he wasn't perfect, but he was really, really good. It's just he didn't have any help behind him. I mean, Tennessee was – one for 11 with runners on base, 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. It was not a good game offensively, and it was a bad night to kind of go over in those situations where you really kind of spoil a great pitching effort from Drew Beam in the College World Series. And, and yeah, but, hey, that sometimes that's just baseball. Um, but, but, yeah, that's kind of how I would characterize it. It was a, a bad night to, to not play your best, and I don't think LSU played their best, but you're right. If you would have told me that LSU with its pitching – was going to get through this ball game with two pitchers and start a guy who only had 16 appearances on the year with no starts. They were hoping to get three innings out of him. He went six innings and pitched near, you know, 93 pitches, and, and Tennessee couldn't touch him. And, I mean, hats off to the guy, but it, it was it was a bad night not to play your best baseball. And um, it's unfortunate because this was a game that Tennessee could have won and obviously stayed alive. Yeah, it, you know, perplexing just for Tennessee in that, these quote no name guys, and I and I'm not I'm not taking a shot at him, but but these quote no name guys seem to have popped up and give Tennessee as many fits as the hard throwing household name guy has for whatever reason. You go back to South Carolina, you go back to Georgia uh, in the regular season. Uh, Southern Miss doesn't throw their ace on night one in the super regional. You know they don't throw their number one guy, and and it ends up. Uh, being a win for them. And then Tennessee hits the, the the ace and the number one guy and gets the win there. Um, left-handers who are crafty and, and kind of the no-name guys that were some kryptonite for, for this baseball team for whatever reason. I don't have any idea why. Do you? No, I don't. It's kind of funny, too. And I've, you know, I've written this a couple of different times. I mean, Tennessee's really not been that bad against left-handed pitching. In fact, now there's been obviously more righties than lefties. Uh, they have a better record when a left-hander starts the game. But to your point, you know, some sometimes some crafty lefties at points in times this year have really given Tennessee issues. Like at Georgia, when their starter gets knocked out after two pitches, and this midweek starter comes in, and Tennessee just can't hit them. Uh, the, the strangest thing at Hoover, where the guy that Tennessee really got after back in the beginning of March, kind of one hits them through six innings. It's just kind of hard to explain. And this guy was. Uh, a lot of the same as well. Six innings, four hits, no runs, obviously seven strikeouts and no walks. 
Um, Tennessee's a very left-handed, heavy lineup. Um, it has been all year long, but uh, you know they, they are who they are. And at some point in time, they just, they just couldn't come through. I mean, Tennessee had their chances today, and that, I think that's what's frustrating. Um, I, I wrote my five quit takes that uh, I think Tennessee, you know, put runners in scoring position, you know, at least four different innings, but left the bases loaded one inning, left runners at second and third uh, another inning. Um, th- those are critical opportunities in a ball game that was two to nothing for the longest time. And you just got to find a way to break through there. And, and Tennessee just couldn't do that tonight. So the guy that I thought originally was going to start the game, Raleigh Cooper, came on and he was pretty good in relief as well. Two hits over three innings and Tennessee just just couldn't get it. And, you know, earlier in the game when the win was Tennessee's best friend, I really couldn't do it him any favors later in the game. No. And, and look, as you said earlier, I mean, it's baseball and, and baseball happens. And, you know, you, it, it's why this this sport in college baseball, it's so hard to win the thing. You know, you, you think about it and you look at the road, you say, well, LSU's got a tough road to, to, to get there. And they do. But you know what? So does Wake Forest, who's got to go through LSU. Um, maybe Florida's got an easier path to the to the finals, you know, to the championship series. But it, it's hard to win this championship. And, um, you know, I, I think that when you look at this thing as frustrating, and you mentioned this in your five takes, as frustrating as the loss was tonight or as bit disappointing, uh, bittersweet, whatever phrase you want to use, if you, you take a day or so and you start to look back at the big picture, um, the evolution of this baseball team, um, I, I think from head coach on down, you know, you're, you're going to question decisions that, that Tony Vitello makes for as long as he's Tennessee's head coach, not every decision, but there's also going to be moments where you're like, okay, why do you make a pitch and change there with a one, two count? Right. I think Halverson still want to know why he made a pitch and change there with a <laughs> one two count. But I think when you look at the big picture of this baseball season, every part of this program grew this year. And I, I think for me, you know, that is watching it from afar. I didn't watch it like you did, but watching it from afar, that's my biggest takeaway is that at the end of the day, when you when you put a bow tie on this season, what's your takeaway is it is a program, not just a team. It is a program that grew from, you know, back in the fall, but certainly from February to June, and they grew a, a great deal. Yeah, they did. Um, it's been fun to watch, and and I understand it's it's been frustrating to watch at times as well. I mean, I get it. Even even tonight, there's a tailor made double play ball, and, and and Christian Moore just just can't get a handle on it, right? And the, the inning stays alive. Like it, it's those little things that plagued this baseball team in March and in the first part of April, and they grew up out of it. But we talk about it all the time. Defense got better, pitching got better, hitting you know got deeper, all that type of stuff. But it's just been fun to watch this team grow, and and it's been fun to watch Tony Vitello grow. You know, there's two sides to every coin. You were to call him a couple weeks ago talking about how this is the best job that Tony Vitello's ever done. A lot can be said for that. I agree with that a lot of the ways. But also, you know, this is a talented team. It's never not been talented. It's just about getting those guys to play up to their potential. Uh, and Tony Tony got that throughout the season, so – um, it's been fun. It's been it's been fun to see this team win different ways throughout the year. It's been fun to see a different guy step up and be the guy. I mean, there was never one Superman on this team, but there was a different Superman on a Friday night than a Saturday night than a Sunday night. So it's been fun. Um, and, and again, you know, if you would have said that your season's going to end in Omaha, you know, back in April, I'd say you're crazy. Someone asked in the Monday night chat, "What would you say?" I say, 
no chance. No, I mean, this team's not tough enough. Uh, this team's talented enough, but this team's not tough enough mentally, but it grew. And so that's what's been fun for me watching this team. And again, you get to a game like this where it feels like even if you win this game, it's going to be a challenge to beat Wake Forest twice, obviously. But the road's just kind of, it's just kind of there. Go get it. Go go beat up on a guy that hadn't pitched in two weeks. Go beat up on a guy that's not made a start all season long. And you just don't. But again, that's just baseball. But you're right. I think this team's grown up. I think this coaching staff has taken a step forward and grown up. And uh, Tennessee baseball, I mean, I, I kind of ended five takes or something with it here recently. You know, t- Tennessee baseball's no stranger to Omaha. You know, they're, they're, they're on, I mean, you, you know your way around this place. And I think that's a testament to this program, and you know we'll see we'll see what's in store for the years to come. Well, and and they're you know they're no longer the cellar dwellers in the you know or, or bottom feeders or bottom half feeders in the SEC. I mean they they're they're proven they have proven that they are here to stay. They have established themselves as a contender uh, every year. That doesn't mean they're the favorite, as Tony Vitello said. They were overrated to start the year. Um, but, but they, they have proven that they know how to, to, to make it work and, and, and are figuring things out and getting better each and every year. I think the question moving forward now, as you, as you kind of spin it forward is where where does this team go from here, Eric, when, when you look at the next few weeks, you mentioned this guys are going to get a break. Some are going to go to USA baseball. Some are going to play summer league. Some guys are going to just go catch their breath for a little bit. Uh, before they get back in August, Tony Vitell and his staff are going to go recruiting, and then you have the ever looming transfer portal out there. What what do you think? Um, what what do you see over the course of the next few weeks for this baseball program as you start to look ahead to next year? Yeah, there's a lot to do. I mean, there's there's truly you know there's no there's no off season, right? Um, you, you've got teams, the team you just played tonight, right? You're you're competing for a national championship and you're bringing guys in through the transfer portal while you're in Omaha. And this team's been working. Don't get me wrong. This team's been recruiting. Tony's making phone calls. I mean, they're doing their job. But uh, you're going to have to get some guys via the transfer portal uh, here in the next few weeks. The portal will close on July 13th. But um, I think Tennessee's going to be active. Obviously, there's a number of positions that you want to tag. You're going to need a shortstop for next year. Maybe upgrade at the catcher position. Uh, maybe go get an outfielder. Of course, you always need starting pitching. So there's obviously some options out there. The the name I threw out yesterday, the North Carolina State freshman, uh, DH, but he's also a catcher. That's you know somebody to look out for. He entered the portal. Of course, Tennessee had a target, a former Xavier left-handed pitcher, and he committed to LSU a couple of days ago. So there'll be more names that'll be you know jumping out there. But Tennessee's going to attack the transfer portal. The current team. You know, I think USA baseball is a possibility for, you know, probably two guys on this roster right now. We'll have to see. Um, summer ball, of course, some guys are already out playing. Some guys, there's like five guys that if they play summer ball, they're going to the Cape Cod, but uh, potentially they're not going to go because of, you know, USA baseball or, you know, rehab or just whatever the case may be. So uh, we'll be tracking that. I'm excited to kind of track all that here over the next couple of weeks and catch up with some guys who are in the Appalachian League and stuff like that. And then, of course, you have the Major League Baseball draft that's coming up. And, you know, Tennessee's got a really nice 2023, you know, recruiting class coming in here. But you got to watch out because the Major League Baseball teams will draft these guys. And depending on how much they're willing to pay in that slot value, you know, will they make it to campus? So I'm excited to kind of dive into that. That's it's going to be new for me in the in the sport of baseball. So I'm pumped up about the challenge. But that's kind of what's next. You know, they're going to 
they're going to feel bad about this loss. They're going to go home tomorrow, and then you're going to move on. And guys who are seniors are going to pack up their things, and guys who will be back here next year are going to go play summer ball, and Tony Botello is going to be recruiting. So uh, look forward to some busy next few weeks, certainly with the transfer portal. Again, the, the portal window is open until July 13th. Yeah, the portal's been good for Tony Vitello the last couple of years when you look at guys who, who have come in. And I'll say this. I know there's been a lot of people who have been frustrated at times with Maui this year, struck out too much and uh, didn't play his best, dealt with some injuries. The, the, the guy was terrific in Omaha. I mean, he, yeah. he, he had a terrific he had a terrific uh, three-game tournament there. He hit the baseball well. Uh, the park seemed to suit him very well for whatever reason. I, I, thought, I thought he was a guy who was as – he didn't seem to be pressing when, you know, when some other guys looked like they were pressing, he was, he was as calm and relaxed as he'd been. I, I thought he was really terrific. So just a, just a shout out for him. As we close this thing out, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, in a sentence, in a phrase, sum up this baseball team this year. <sighs> this baseball team was super talented but needed to figure out how to win. And I just think, I think they did that. Um, you know, they, they, they had to learn from their lessons. They had to learn from it the hard way. So uh, super talented, needed to figure it out. Hyphen, they did. <laughs> uh, make it my own, right? Uh, you, you know, the, the talent was never the issue with these guys. And so I, I'm, I'm glad. I, Brent, I mean, tell me, there's nothing more frustrating. You've watched a lot of high school football and you've watched a lot of Tennessee football. I, I feel like there's nothing more frustrating, uh, you know, not even as a fan, but just a, a just you know, watching a sport to to see a group of guys or a team or whatever just not live up to to, to what they could be. I mean, you can say that about life as well, you know, about anybody. But that's how this team was for a lot of the year. But that's not how this team was who ended it. So uh, no no surprise whatsoever that. You are ending the season in Omaha. Um, you got a win in Omaha. That's good. Uh, you wanted to get a couple more. But, um, again, a team that it they took the hard way. Nothing was ever easy. They didn't make anything easy. And they loved, They had a flair for the dramatics. Uh, but you got to Omaha, and it doesn't surprise me one bit. Yep. And uh, plenty of highlights along the way. Everybody's going to remember that Friday night Vandy win. Oh, yeah. The comeback against Clemson couple of home runs kind of hurt around the uh, hurt around Rocky top uh, and in a, a really magical performance for six innings by, by Chase Burns uh, in, in Omaha. I mean, you can debate which one was the best out of those, but uh, there was certainly a lot of uh, moments to remember by this team. And I think this team in, in years passing is going to be remembered very fondly as a team that found a way to, to, to reach their potential when you, when, when it got, when it got crunch time, when you had to have it. And um, that's, again, a credit to the locker room. It's a credit to the leadership. And, and that's a credit to, to the culture and the program that Tony Vitello and his staff have created. And I'll say this, too. Uh, you know, when, when, when things aren't going well, and you see this in basketball, you see this in football, you, know, you saw in baseball this year, a lot of times you just assume something's going on. You know, there's locker room problems. All the culture's bad, all that type of stuff. Well, I mean, nothing's ever going to be perfect. You're not going to get along with the guys that are, you know, sitting beside you in the locker, in the locker room, on the bus, on the flights. You know, you're around these guys so much. Your brothers, you're going to fight. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to act like everything was perfect, but to see the emotions um, down there in that dugout, down there in the tunnel, underneath the stadium after the game, you know, for some of those guys, you know, Cannon Sewell, um, you know, Griffin Merritt, who was just here a year, but 
seeing what he looked like after this game, you know, that's some of the other guys, you know, some of the pitchers, Chase Dolan, even some of the underclassmen. I mean, this obviously it, it hurts, you know, but you come to a realization that you'll never be around this group of guys again. It's it's the same thing with every at the end of every high school football season, you know, you all cry on the end of the field. That's a lot of what it was tonight. So um, these guys love each other. They love playing with one another. And, um, you know, as you'd expect, it was a little emotional down there after the uh, after the game was over. So anyway, it just speaks again. I think is Tony Vitello perfect. No, he's not. He'll never be perfect. But he's got this thing rolling here at Tennessee and back in Omaha. And that is the best way to end a season for sure. If you're going to lose the last game of the year, lose in Omaha. Yep, certainly did. I know you've had a great experience out there seeing it for the first time and covering it. We uh, certainly appreciate all the coverage. I know all the ball questers appreciate all the coverage you have brought them, not just from Omaha, but uh, throughout the year covering this team. Went all the way back to Arizona in game one when Tennessee got this thing started. Lots of roster moves, lots of roster decisions to take place by all parties as the portal window remains open. Major League Baseball decisions are out there. All kinds of things going on with this team that will continue to follow. There's going to be movement, I think, on renovations to, to Lindsey Nelson Stadium. There'll be talk about that in the coming weeks, in the coming months as well. So plenty of baseball just because the season's over. Um, and that season's a long, long grind. But, but the, the, the movement in this program is not going to stop. So we'll continue to cover all of that. So for the final time from Omaha, Nebraska, he is Eric Kane at the College World Series. I'm Brent Hubs, VolQuest.com. Have a great day, everybody.